0: Or what what I'm going to share with us and bring to us. um, I believe this is me being obedient. I can't deny that this is what I am here tonight to talk to all of us about, and to talk to me about and to confront us about. I'm here to confront all of us and I'm also here to hopefully encourage us big time. But I do want to confront us. Maybe in the church we don't confront each other enough Um, We think it's not loving, but I think it's the opposite. Um, I want to go through a few passages together. So if you've got your Bibles, can you please come with me? Um, If you've got a Bible app, you can tap, tap your way to
1: firstly, Colossians 2. Let's go to Colossians 2. Um. actually hold on a sec I'm going to humbly put my glasses on I'm always reading with glasses now so I'm not going to hide it <laughs> can you tell I haven't done it in front of you Sweet. oh the words not jokes Colossians 2.6, I'm reading from
0: the New Living Translation. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Verse 12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptised and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised
1: Christ from the dead. I'm gonna leave that one there. Go with me to second Corinthians five and I just wanna do this to lay a solid base for what I wanna to bring to us Um. Let's go with verse
0: 14 of 2 Corinthians 5. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who received this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them.
1: And John 14, the Gospel according to John, chapter 14. John 14, and I'm just going to
0: jump through this a little bit, but John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. Jump down with me to verse 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Jump over to 23. All who love me will do what I say. My father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Remember that my words are not my own; what I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. Let's pray, Father. Thank you that we can be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we can worship you. Thank you. Thank you that there is good news. That though we were enemies of yours, hostile haters of you, you showed your love toward us, and that while we were sinners. You sent your son Christ to die for us. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would recognise what it means to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, that it means that key word that Damien used before, surrender. We have to surrender to you, Lord. We died to our old life and we are born again in Christ. Father, I pray that you would use me today to honour your word or tonight to honour your word. Um, Father, I pray that none of what I say is my own foolish ideas, but it is all from you, Lord, and according to your word. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's play a game. I want to play a game, so let's play a game. Are you ready for that? We're going to play. Hands up if you don't know how to play Simon Says. That is going to save some time. Sweet. All right. Simon Says, put your right arm up. Simon Says, put your left arm up. That is as charismatic as is ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I just thought of that on the, on the drive here, to be honest. But this um, it's a demonstration, okay? We all know the game Simon says, right? Simple game. Simon says, do this, you do it. Why do you do it? Because Simon said it, right? In the church, isn't it amazing? that the game Jesus says is a totally different game. Yeah, it shouldn't be. You see, in the game Jesus says, often what we do is we study what he said, we learn about it, we recite it. We might uh, learn it in a different language, um, but often we won't do what he says. Well, you know, this is an analogy I'm stealing from a really well-known speaker, but I think it's really, really good. So imagine my son Connor's a little bit older and I say to him, Connor, go clean, your, go clean your room. He goes away, comes back 10 minutes later, says, Hey, Dad, I cleaned my room. Oh, no, sorry. He comes back later and he says, Hey, Dad, I remember what you said. You said, Hey, Connor, go clean your room. I can even say it in Greek now. What I'm going to do, Dad, is I'm going to get together with a bunch of my friends, and once a week, we're going to do a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. Don't you think that's sometimes what we're like in the church rather than just. Denying ourselves, obeying the commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. Um, It's actually that simple. So what I want to do tonight is I do want to confront and challenge us like I've been uh, with myself for the last couple of years, to be honest with you. Um, And I know some of you are much younger than me and I know that there's a process of sanctification and a journey that we go on with the Lord and and through the Holy Spirit. But some of you, I believe, need to hear this tonight. All right. I also just want to quickly go to Philippians 3. Um, You guys don't have to go to it, but you can if you want. Philippians 3, 7. So the context of this is Paul saying, if anyone could brag about worldly accolades, um, being from a certain tribe, being saying, you know, all this stuff, I could brag, but he, his worldly accolades, he, this is what he says about them, okay? And this is what I want to sort of talk about and what are we living for. Philippians 3, 7, he says, I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. That is, yeah, that is a passage that's been very significant to me for probably the last two years, I would say, and what the Lord's really been pruning me. Um, He's been pruning me a lot. I want to bring up, while I'm talking, a few different lyrics that we sing a lot, and I want to ask all of us, humbly, do we believe what we sing? First one is one that we don't really sing anymore, but it's one of my favorite songs and you, a lot of you will recognize this lyric. It says, I want you more than gold or silver, only you can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. You see, being a Christian, is about knowing and recognising the fact that we have died and now live a resurrected life in Christ. That is so important. I want to share a story that I heard a couple years ago here, actually. There was a discipleship course. I think the guy's name was Scott Brown. And um, it was an awesome time. Um, and he was talking about the significance of stories. And he shared the story, and I want to try and relay it, and I hope I do it accurately. But he said, um, and it's to do with that passage really, Philippians 3 and how as Christians we're still enticed and we still live for so much of the trash and the traps of this world. And the story kind of goes like this. So there's a father and a daughter and every night the father puts his daughter to bed and she has this necklace and she loves it. It's not like a nice, really nice necklace. It's not made by, uh, of anything that's valuable or anything, but she loves it. She doesn't want to give it up for anything. And every night she'll put, he'll put his daughter to bed and then she'll, he'll try and take the necklace off and be like, hey, I'll just put it over here. And she's like, no, 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 don't. Oh, I want this. I'm going to hold on to this necklace. This is my prized possession. I don't want to give it up. So he's like, every single night he asks. And then it wears on the little, the little girl a little bit. And then eventually one night, even before he asks the question, she takes it off crying. It's painful for her to do it, but she gives it up and she gives it to her father. So he takes it and he puts it away. And then he reaches behind his back and he pulls out the most beautiful, like gold, diamond encrusted necklace and gives it to his daughter. And the point of that picture is we as disciples of Christ, knowing that we are citizens of heaven, yet we still desire and long
1: and live for the trash of this world for some reason. Don't we? We get sucked into...
0: The box ticking of this world, where you know, oh, where well you grow up and you go through the stages, got to get the house, get this, get that, get that. But I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that in what Jesus told us and how to, and taught us how to live, and how uh, under the Holy Spirit, the other authors of the New Testament taught us how to live as well. A little statement here: False gods or idols never satisfy spiritual need false gods and idols will never satisfy spiritual need. Uh, John Piper has a really cool uh, quote. I think it's his flagship quote from his ministry. And uh, it's, I believe it's true. It's hugely biblical. And I think we should just dwell on it for a few seconds. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That is such an awesome quote and hugely scriptural. You could find many passages that align with that. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. But what's the issue? I believe that the church in 2020, this is the issue, that we still love this life and we still love this world. See, what we try and do is we try and convince ourselves that we can walk some kind of, disciple slash world tightrope where we can be disciples of Christ honoring his word meanwhile we're living in and for this world like we've got a foot in each camp okay there's so many things in this world that we love and we want to we I don't want to miss out on that because the Christian life if I'm completely honest so much of it's you may think kind of boring but the thing is it's only till you surrender and say lord use me for your will like I've This is just me speaking straight up right now. For me, the last couple of years, that's been my story. Like, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And it's been the best two years of my life, hands down. You see, we can't have a foot in each camp, you guys. There's no neutrality with Christ. There's no neutral ground. There's no middle ground. There's no lukewarm Christians in the world, okay? We talk about lukewarm Christians. There is no lukewarm. There's no neutrality. Jesus says in Luke 11, anyone who isn't with me is against me. If you're not with me, you're against me. And staying in this little passage, um, or staying in this passage, it's not a little passage, I know I said that. Um, He says, later on, as he was speaking, a woman calls out, God bless your mother to Jesus, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. But Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. And if you hear that verse, you might think of James 1.22, which uh, the NLT says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourself. See, those who live in Christ and are walking in step with the Spirit, the natural overflow is to be sharing Christ, to be a disciple, to that's all you want to do. <laughs> um, See, the early church, for example, if we go back through history, the early church knew what it meant to die to yourself and what it meant to live and alive in Christ. Um, We think about the early church under the Roman times in first century. Um, A lot of those Christians, as men and women of God, they they weren't being killed by Rome because they believed in Jesus. See, there was a Roman Empire I mean, in Rome, you could believe and worship whatever you wanted. The fact that they were being persecuted and killed was because they would not compromise on truth and on Christ's commandments. See, what Caesar demanded is you could do whatever you wanted, but you also had to acknowledge the supremacy of Caesar. And that's what the Christians wouldn't do.
1: How are we compared to that in 2020? The Reformation is another great example. The state would say,
0: all you got to say is that the King has all authority over the church. You can go on living your life, do whatever you want. Just say the King has all authority over the church and you're all good. We'll leave you alone. But these faithful, old men and women of God would say, absolutely not. Jesus Christ alone has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And then they would be horrifically killed. Things would happen to their families that are Tragically disgusting, but they stood up for truth. Um, Anna and I actually, a few years ago, we were in St. Andrews in Scotland, which is quite a significant place uh, for the Reformation. Um, so we were just exploring around the castle and that there. And, and I remember learning this before we went overseas, but um, I wasn't thinking about it at the time. I was walking over and then in the asphalt, they had written in brick, G W, and it was the initials for a guy called George Wishart, and it was the exact spot where he'd been burned alive at the stake because of his involvement in just trying to get the scriptures printed in English and preaching a true gospel, contrary to what the Catholic Church was preaching at the time. And the, the the hit home statement I want to make to do with that is this: for all of us, this should be true. The threat of death has no power over somebody who has already died. Amen? The threat of death has no power over someone who's already died. Can you honestly say tonight that you know that you have died to your old life? That the things of this world are trash, they're filth, compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus your Lord? (sighs) Here's another lyric that we sing all the time. Do we believe it? Maybe my favourite song ever. No guilt in life, no fear in death.
1: This is the power of Christ in me. Do we believe it? Have you truly died and risen again in Christ? See, I don't know what kind of
0: Gospels you may have heard before. There's a lot of Gospels going around that might sound a little bit like this. God loves you so much. He wants to go to heaven one day. If you pray this prayer and repeat after me, you'll get to go to heaven one day. That is not the gospel, you guys. It comes, it's a free gift. We're justified freely by His grace, but it came with a huge cost. And it also comes with this acknowledgement that we who are in Christ have come from being a slave of sin to freedom. Amen. Yes, we are being set free from Christ, but we're also being called to be a slave of righteousness or a slave of Christ. Paul, in many of his letters, starts off acknowledging that he is a slave of Christ. The Christian life is not about living for ourselves, you guys. All right. Um, And in 2020, that's a pretty hard statement to to say, I would say. You know, our society's changing so much. Um, We're talking about like even churches, Becoming maybe more progressive or whatever, woke culture. Honestly, don't get me started. Um, I watched, yeah, anyway, no, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away and they never change. And I hope that we would honour this word and never compromise according to the culture that we're being surrounded by. And yeah, may that be a prayer for all of us at Hukunui. And also, just when we read the word, maybe you are like me, and a few years ago, especially in the Old Testament, I'd be challenged by God's character and some of the things He'd do. You know, I'll throw out a couple of examples. Um, I would say, Man, God, like the poor guy was just collecting firewood. And then you bring him before, you know, he, they say, What should we do with you? Take him out and stone him. Like I used to struggle with those things. Um, Uzzah was just trying to hold up the ark like he thought it was going to fall and then you stroke him dead straight away. But if anyone is like that tonight and you're like, man, like I understand God in part of the Bible and not in the others, I would encourage you to go home and read tonight uh, Romans 9. Read the whole chapter. Read it once a day for seven days a week and understand that as high as the heavens are above the earth, His ways are above our ways. And that's the other passage that I recite to myself all the time. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts and my ways are beyond anything you can imagine. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways are beyond your ways. We are called to surrender to Him. Um, I was going to read something on my notes, but I'm going to ignore that one. eh? Sweet. What I want to do, I'm not a speaker, that's for sure. I believe that my gifting, honestly, from the Lord is um relational stuff, so what I humbly say I, I try and strive to do every week out in these streets right here. that is what I know I'm truly uh, using the gift that the Lord has given me with, but um there's some blessed spe- there's some real gifted speakers in this church in this faith family uh, and I don't. think I'm one of them. But what I want to do is I want to ask us some confronting questions, okay? And the first one's quite short. And when I ask it, you might think like, bro, what do you want about? But listen, who are you? So if I just ask you, each of you, who are you in light of everything? Who are you? What do you think of first?
1: And if I was going to expand that question, I would say, who are you before God? What do you believe about yourself before Him? Can we all be humble
0: as humble right now and say and ask ourselves, do we believe ourselves still over God? Do we believe in our circumstances over Him? What do I mean by that? I mean, depending on our circumstances, does our joy in the Lord fluctuate? You see, we can mourn, we can be sad in this world, but our eternal joy in Christ should never be like, you know, the lines in the hospital, like it should never go up and down like that, okay? It should be constant. We are eternally saved through the finished work of Christ. So I wanna ask us all a question. What's true about
1: us from God? What's true about you from His Word? Before I go any further, I just want to reiterate what I really want to hammer down tonight is that
0: being a Christian is not about trying to get things done in this world and pull Jesus along and get Him to follow you while you're doing it. It's about denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Him. What does taking up your cross mean? It means taking up your cross to somewhere, to a destination. See, when you take up your cross, it ends in one place. So you've died to yourself and you're now saying, Lord, I'm yours. You bought me with a price. I'm not my own.
1: I got up, a, I was up here
0: a couple of weeks ago during open worship time talking about the anchor to, to authentic joy. And this is one I want to finish on. What's the anchor to authentic joy or to an authentic life in Christ? Authentic purpose. It's God's promises to us. His word is littered with promises to us that we need to reaffirm with ourselves on a daily basis because we are flesh. We are battling with our flesh until the day that we leave this earth, whenever God um, calls it to be. So, what I do a lot is actually I purposely have been getting into the habit of memorizing scripture because I think through the day, we just need to be reiterating truth to ourselves. This world is full of stuff that's advertising itself as being true. The only constant truth anywhere is in the,
1: is His Word. So, who are you before God? What do you le- believe to be true? What do you yeah? So what do you do? You believe yourself over God or your circumstances, or
0: do you choose? to believe and to surrender to his word. His word that stays true regardless of your feelings, your circumstances. And are you always joyful in him, even when your circumstances may not be joyful?
1: The anchor to authentic joy is God's promises. Do
0: you know these truths? Do you believe that you are created in his, in his image? Genesis 1.27 do you believe that the Lord knit you together in your mother's womb and that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Do you know that you are a child of God? John 1:12. That you are His workmanship, His masterpiece, created to do good works that He planned long ago? Ephesians 2.10. Do you really know that you are chosen by Him? Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. Do you live in the promise that your transgressions have been removed from you as far as the east is from the west? Psalm 103, 12. And that you are set free from sin and condemnation? Romans 8, 1 and 2. Do you see yourself as free from Satan's kingdom? Ephesians 2. Forgiven of all your trespasses? Colossians 2, 13. That you have been given a spirit of power, love and self-discipline or a sound mind? 2 Timothy 1, 7. Being given the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 1.22. Adopted into God's family, giving you the right to call him Abba Father, Romans 8.15. Being justified freely by his grace, Romans 3.24, being given great and precious promises, 2 Peter 1, verse 4. That you can now come into the presence of God, Ephesians 3:12. Can you say tonight that you are complete in him? Colossians 2:10. Can you say I am forever, that I am free forever from sin's power? Romans 6:14. I am loved eternally, 1 Peter 1, verse 5. That I am eternally kept in the power of his hand, John 10, 29. That I am seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 1:3. I am a light in the darkness, a city on a hill, Matthew 5.14. I am a citizen of heaven, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and Philippians 1:27. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Romans eight thirty seven. Can you do all things through Christ who gives you strength? Philippians four thirteen. Do you know that you cannot be separated from God's love? Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine. Or that He planned to save you through Christ before the beginning of time. 2 Peter one nine. That He is with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew twenty eight twenty. That He is your strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, and, 8 through 10. That you are now friends with God, John 15, verse 14 and 15, and Romans 5:11, That although we face trials and sorrows in this world, he has overcome the world, John 16, 33. That you are blessed when people mock you for his sake, Matthew 5:11, And that a great reward awaits you in heaven, Matthew 5:12, That
1: although, that a, yeah, sorry and that you will never be condemned for your sins, but you have already passed from death into life. John 5, 24. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your son.
0: Lord, may we live in the promise that we believe your message. We believe in you, God, that we will never be condemned for, your, for our sins but we have already passed from death into life. Lord, may we lay and reject our old life and live surrendered lives according to you and according to your commandments, Lord. Father, I pray that we as Hokanui Bible Church would be united, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel. Father, Lord, I pray that more than anything what we would be building would be being used by you to build your kingdom. Father, I worship, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for your son. Amen.